Hello and welcome to your GG Replay for Wednesday, January 26th, 2022. GG Replay is of course a Monday, Wednesday, Friday show where we break down the latest in gaming news hosted by us, Internet's The Goodnight Grooves. My name Whoa. is Paul and I am joined as always by Matt. Matt, how are you doing today? I wonder, by, by the way, I'm interrupting you immediately because I just want to tell everyone that we've actually been recently voted the best podcast on the internet hosted by the goodnight grooves contentious yep. though contentious though because uh matt i know i know that the game grooves podcast was up for that award as well uh so that uh that's gotta hurt it hurts a little bit it was a close race though it was two to one <laughs> so uh it, all three people who voted yeah it was a close race um, Paul, I know you didn't explicitly ask, but I am doing well today. It is hump day. I did ask, and then I interrupted my own question oh, okay. <laughs> to ask you something else. You know, bore. I had a boring day, but we're talking about video games now. We got a lot to go into this week, so I'm just gonna let you get right into it. I, I'm not gonna banter too much here, but I had a good day. I hope you had a good day as well. And uh, let's get into I it. had a great day. Don't tell me what to do. Let's get into it. You know what? I'm, I'm going <laughs> to banner for five more minutes now just because of that. No, let's get right into it because there is a ton of stuff to, to talk about. You know, oftentimes I'll kind of comb around for news stories. But this week, you know, Matt, you've kind of been doing it for us and everyone in the Goodnight Groups Discord. We've kind of been like sharing things in their gaming news section because there's been like kind of some noteworthy stuff for all of us happening in the last couple of days. Yeah. It's been wild. So uh, before we get right into the show's meat, I just want to have a little amuse-bouche here. We have a big announcement. It is going to be on January 31st. That's the coming Monday, the 100th episode of GG Replay. Yes, that is true. If you have been here from day one, you are now a 100 club member, a centurion of GG Replay. Yeah. And we really, really appreciate that. Even if you're a new listener, that's awesome. If you listen on the 100th episode, then you're still a centurion. I'm making that title up anyway. I don't even think it makes sense. So that's awesome. We're going to do that. It's going to be a special show. I'm calling it the 100th episode spectacular. It may or may not be spectacular, but <laughs> that's the name of it. So that's something. Uh, we're going to go through some of our greatest stories of the year, some of the stuff that we really loved. And we're going to also talk about some changes that are coming to the show. Big changes are coming to GG Replay. I think you all are going to love them a lot. Uh, we've put a lot of heart and soul into this show over the last i don't know eight or nine ten months something like that that's that's too many months i think more like eight months seven oh <laughs> I, I overshot by a good bit uh but yeah we put a lot of heart and soul into this show and we are prepared to take it to the next level soon uh with our 100th episode so make sure you tune into that on monday january 31st matt just a quick reminder yeah I, oh. oh i thought you were asking my opinion on the 100th i episode. would love to know your opinion on the 100th episode I, the the only thing that I have to say about that is the thing that I'm most happy about is that we never missed an episode every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the first 100 episodes, although it has, I, I guess technically it hasn't happened yet. So I don't want to do this. Knock on wood. But for all 100, they came out on the day that they were supposed to. We never missed one. And so that that's what I'm most proud of. For the first 100 that's huge i mean like and, and no shade to anyone because it's harder to get everyone together and make it work and especially early days but like we did miss one game groups where we put out like a you know a, an apology or like a little you know heads up to everyone and, and you know it's hard to get everyone together but it, it's so impressive to to look at this and go three days a week for seven months we did 
a show and we had a hundred episodes. How cool is that? I mean, it's, it's probably less cool for everyone out there. It's more exciting for us, but you know, it's awesome. I think, you know, the people we we've seen listening to our stuff, uh, you know, they, they like that we put out a lot of content and we're consistent. So there you go. That's, uh, I've never been told that before that I'm consistently productive. So this is, this is the highest compliment I can give myself right now. All right, let's move on. Just a reminder. As I was saying, Matt, if you come across any necessary corrections in today's episode, Matt, you, if you come across no. any necessary corrections, or if anyone at home, if you're listening, also come across any necessary corrections, or you just want to leave us a comment, we get it. That's totally fair. Send us an email to ggreplayshow at gmail.com so we can address them in the next episode. Matt, the reviews are in. They're in. They're in. I have the... Uh, have the envelope here and we're oh. going to uh, i don't know if that sounded good or just like kind of like me banging the air but uh we're gonna leave that in serious sam siberian mayhem it's an fps got a 73 on open critic and it is out now matt have you looked at the reviews for serious sam siberian mayhem what's your initial reaction i watched one review i think it was a noisy pixel review Serious Sam is just not, it's never been my thing. I'm, it's sort of one of those almost in the vein of like a Duke Nukem, like an over the top FPS type thing. Although I think with Serious Sam, it's more so like, uh, even more than Duke Nukem, it's more like a horde mode type, type gameplay, Mm -hmm. which is just not really my thing. I get why the ridiculousness is appealing and the, uh, humor and just the all out action and ridiculous, weapons i think that's i think that's the game is that the game that has the 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 bfg the big fucking gun i that's think doom. that's the game oh that's oh that's doom serious sam has something like that they've got, <laughs> yeah, they they've have got something crazy iconic, weapons yeah. as well i think you're right that is doom silly me uh but it's just not my thing but i but i get it yeah uh it looks uh fine serious sam is one of those unfortunate things that just hasn't caught up with uh, with modern standards, they mentioned that in the noisy pixel review, and I totally agree. I've noticed that it's kind of the big key here, uh, and which I did not know. This was a actually started as a mod, and they worked with the modding team to like make this. Uh, it was a mod for Serious Sam Four, and then they they pushed through to make it kind of a full expansion. But it still basically exists as kind of like a fancy mod for the game. So uh, it is what it is. It looks fine if you're into Serious Sam, but uh, I couldn't give a shit. So let's move on. Reverie <laughs> Knights Tactics. The Tactics RPG JRPG got a 70 on Open Critic. It is out right now. Matt, any thoughts on this? I'll, I'll tell you right now my thought, which is it just does not does not remotely not remotely grab me. Yeah, I I don't love the I like the storytelling art style like of the characters and stuff, but I don't like the in game art very much. And I also just think. Well, first off, I, I'm not big on tactics RPGs to begin yeah. with, and it just doesn't look like a great tactics RPG. There are so many better options out there. So I, I don't know. Not, not not a great showing for this one. There's so we talked about this before. There's so, so, so many games in this kind of uh, genre, this kind of style that, you know, if you really if you haven't I mean, if you really, really love them and you need something else and you need the newest one, here you go. This is probably playable. But beyond that. If you're just looking, there is a deep catalog of other options. And at that point, like modern mechanics don't even matter as much. You can go back and play games, you know, Final Fantasy, other stuff. 
kind of silly. So don't worry about it. Moving on to something pretty exciting for you, Matt, potentially Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection. Got an 88 on Open Critic. It's going to be out this Friday. Matt, I, listen, I know you've bought a lot of the Uncharted games. You bought collections. You bought other ones. Do you think you might still end up buying the Legacy of Thieves collection? Probably because it's the it's the PS5 upgrade. Right. I won't buy it on PC. I'll buy it on PS5. It's only $10 for me. So if you own Uncharted 4 or Lost Legacy, either of the two, it's only a $10 upgrade. Cool. So I think it's not a bad deal. I mean, obviously free upgrades are the best upgrades, but <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think it's 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 that bad of a deal. I, I I really want to try Uncharted with DualSense features. I think that could be really cool. I know we meme on me liking no, DualSense features, but with great. Uncharted yeah. specifically, it seems like they could do a really good job with that. So I will probably be playing this. I know that you're able to take your Uncharted 4 save, upload it, and get the trophies. I didn't get the Uncharted 4 Platinum. I definitely didn't get the the um, the Nathan Drake collection, Uncharted 1 through 3. It had some right. really difficult Platinums. I didn't get any of those. They were difficulty-based. They were uh, tons of collectibles. There's just a, a bunch of shit you have to do for them. Uncharted 4, I also didn't get the Platinum, but I think I might do it with this. I I've been wanting to revisit the game for a while now, so I think this will be the right opportunity to do that. And Lost Legacy, I, I really should Platinum that as well. Um, I think I was just missing a few collectibles in, in that one, so I'm not too far off. Pretty exciting stuff. It is definitely my favorite Tom Holland franchise. That is to be absolutely oh, sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and moving on to probably the most hyped game we've talked about in 2022 for sure that's come out uh and definitely for review i mean and that is pokemon legends arceus turn-based jrpg let's be honest it is a pokemon game and it got an 85 on open critic it is out on friday i will just give my little piece here quickly and then i'll let you kind of go off a little bit max i know this is a game you might actually buy where it's a game i, I just probably won't because i don't have a switch and it's not super grabbing to me but i will say uh 85 surprising I'm really happy with it. I think we all kind of have been through the same roller coaster where it was an interesting idea. We saw not a lot of flash and people really kind of started feeling negative about this. And then the last week or so of the Japanese press getting a hold of it, people starting to leak and and, and show things on Twitch and show videos online and, and whatever, whatever. I, I think people are finally starting to get the vibe that this could be fun and maybe it's not going to be reinventing the wheel, but there's something here that's different and and we've moved like a, like two generations ahead in like Pokemon. Like it's like Pokemon finally went from being like a Game Boy Color game to kind of moving to maybe like the Wii, which is pretty cool. <laughs> uh, so that's that's nice to see. And so 85 is pretty solid. I think I overshot on Grusradamus when we guessed the scores. I think I said 87 or 88 or something, which kind of sucks because I, I actually got closer than I thought I did. Uh, so I'll get to that. As far as uh game groups what we said on the game groups podcast i would like to remind the people that this was one of my caches i was probably a little more bullish on it than i should have been but i did think that even if it was whether it was good or bad it was going to be a major turning point for po the pokemon franchise if it was great that meant good things that that meant we're going to get more of this type of thing if it was bad it meant we were never going to see experimentation ever again but here are the Groofstradamus scores. Now, I gave it the highest prediction, and I said 76. 
Mike said 67, you said 73, Josh said 72. So all of us were very wow. low. <laughs> I think my high number I was talking about was for Brilliant uh, Diamond and, and Shining Pearl. I think that's where I gave it. That could it. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's I think where I gave right. the 87. Because I was like, 73? But yeah. Ah, oh, man. So you're we're way off, but you are <laughs> Price is Right rules winning this one. Yeah, I probably won't give I won't give myself the the points because it's not anywhere <laughs> close. I think we changed the rules where it had to be within like two or three or something like I that. I like that. I think that makes sense. So anyway, the reviews actually have me really impressed for this game. It looks really fun. Now the visuals are disappointing, but we've known that for a while. There's pop in, the textures are bad, the the Pokemon just they could look better. But everything else looks really good. The the new uh, fighting uh, combat system looks really fun, a little bit more interactive than normal. It looks like there's more freedom with a bunch of things. Like, for example, you can evolve your Pokemon when you want to evolve yes. them. So there's just a lot of quality of life things and, and player freedom that looks like we're getting for the first time that we haven't seen in, in Pokemon to this level before. So that's really exciting it's like like you said it's like like i was saying earlier it's like they finally brought it into the somewhat modern right. era of game like there's there's more modern mechanics in this game yeah I, i'm i'm really excited to explore the world that they provide for us i'm a little worried that it's a little empty looking but you know again should it be better probably but still it's the first attempt and we're lucky we even got experimentation like this. So I'll take it. And I think it looks pretty good. It, it kind of reminds me of how Pokemon Go started. And I'm not saying that's a perfect product by any means. But I mean, when that started, it was just catching Pokemon, really. Uh, and the way they've really gotten like gyms, raids. Uh, there's a lot of special things. You can like fight other people, I think now. You can like duel. There's like a lot of things you can do in that game that kind of are starting to make it like a real AR experience that's like fleshed out in, in more of a way. And, and I think... Uh, and part of that's because the money was made. And, and I think this game's going to sell like crazy. I, I think I, when you look at the reviews, 85, uh, there's a couple reasons. One, the like I, like we were kind of, I was kind of alluding to, the bar is a little low. Not that the other games are bad, but they're not revolutionary in any way. They've been making the same game for a long time. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it does seem like they've been half-stepping into going further into the future, further into a full 3D action kind of game. Uh, and they they weren't there. So this is cool to see that. Uh, and also there is a lot of nostalgia tinted here in some of these reviews. If you read some of these reviews, even just a little bit, uh, you'll see that a big part of that is the nostalgia and the feel of open world Pokemon, uh, which I get. And so that's fine too. Uh, I think 85 may end up being a little generous when you have long-term play and things like that. But ultimately... This is cool, and, and I think it's going to do well. The reviews, I think it's good. Regardless of why, I think it's great that it got good reviews, good critical reception. I think it's going to sell super well. Uh, I, I really do, uh, and I think that this... I think this is going to be a turning point. Like you said before, I think that the next Pokemon games will build on this. I think it did well enough that this is going to kind of dictate the future of Pokemon. This really is better in, in almost every way, but you lose out on some of the, you know, the basic stuff. It's like I was saying with Pokemon Go, you lose out on the trainer battles so much. There's not as many. Yeah. Or you don't have like the trading or you have some others. There's just, there's just stuff that isn't in there that's in like the mainline games and has been for a long time. But those will come. They needed to really nail these main aspects of just the way the game works. It's almost like Let's Go, right? Those kind of nailed like the basic aspect of how to play Pokemon on a Switch. Yeah. And then they were able to put full Pokemon games on there, right? 
And so I think this is going to be a multi-step process. Unfortunately, this is the way it works. Um, I I saw some interesting points about how Xenoblade, the new Xenoblade game, or even Breath of the Wild, you know, this isn't a Switch thing that that the game looks so bad or performs so poorly. It really is probably a game freak thing and not to, it's either the talent isn't there, the money isn't there, the time isn't there, or probably a combination of all of that. But at the end of the day, this is a good turning point. It's not perfect. It's not going to revolutionize the Switch, but I think it will make a, a big dent in Pokemon. Yeah, as far as the money thing you said, like that's that's what's so frustrating is that they they have all the money in the world, but the Pokemon games are always made with a very strict budget. They're given so much less money than they really should, but they know that you know they can put out a product that is cheaply made comparatively, and it's gonna be one of the best selling games of the year. (laughs) So hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, they eventually change their tune on that sort of thing. Yeah, but all right, we cannot linger on Pokemon for much longer because we have a lot of stuff to talk about today that is actually gaming news. First off, big story, Electronic Arts and Lucasfilm Games announced new Star Wars titles from Respawn Entertainment, among others. This is really exciting. This was revealed in a press release on EA's website. Upcoming titles include the next Je- the next game in the Star Wars Jedi franchise, which is going to be really cool, a new Star Wars first-person shooter from Peter Hirschman, and a strategy game via a publishing collaboration between Respawn and Bitreactor. I'm just going to quickly kind of go through this, just explain this a little bit. This is going to be really cool. Um, Maybe we'll go game by game. Matt, how do you feel about uh, a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order? I feel great about it. I've loved the first one, even though it wasn't perfect. I've long said that I think a sequel is just going to improve on it in every way, similar to how I felt about the first Horizon game. I just feel like the sequel is going to be better in every way and they're going to improve on the things that were just just short of be, of making it great. And so I'm like really excited about a sequel. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, I didn't play the first one yet. I will, I promise. I just, I wasn't feeling into that kind of like dodge roll souls kind of vibe when I last played it, but now I kind of am a bit more. So I think I'm going to give it another try. Um, I'm, I'm feeling like I can play something a little bit more difficult, but let's talk about the next game. Cause this is super interesting. An FPS from respawn, very promising, especially with, uh, Peter Hirschman. Uh, involved who worked on both the force Unleashed games uh as a product developer as well as the lego star wars uh titles in its heyday really from the kind of the beginning of that into a lot of the mainline titles that we know and love from lego star wars this is cool to see not only respawn who nails it with fps um pretty much consistently but also someone who really understands star wars games yeah, this is really interesting. I I don't know if this is I I guess I assume that this is that single player FPS with momentum and stuff. That... So apparently, according to rumors, this is supposed to be on top of that game. This is a separate oh, wow, game. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. Yeah. So then I assume this is probably gonna have some sort of story, but maybe be more multiplayer oriented. I I, I don't know the the director. Here, Peter Hirschman has worked on single player games, so maybe it will be more single player. But I've, I've Star Wars FPS is an exciting proposition. I'm a, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan in in the world, but I would play a Star Wars FPS. I mean, it seems fun. Yeah, same. I, I would. I loved the Battlefront games, not like specifically naming like not the dice ones necessarily, but I did. I do love the original Battlefront games, and I actually really enjoyed playing the base gameplay of the dice games, even though they were 
you know, flawed in their microtransaction systems and their progression systems. Uh, so I think, yeah, seeing something from Respawn, how tight their movement is and how t- and how good their gunplay is, and then seeing that with Star Wars, really cool. I would really love to see, like we talked about before, more single-player focus FPS stuff. I think Hirschman might be the right fit for that. I would be excited to see something like that. And then finally, Bitreactor, uh, who's going to be working on uh, with Respawn on a strategy game. This is pretty cool. Bitreactor is actually formed with a bunch of people from Phyraxis. Uh, Greg Forsh, formerly art director on XCOM 2, uh, was there, and uh, among other things. And he said last week, uh, they're, quote, really blurring the line between what a strategy game is and what an action game is which is pretty interesting. I think we've kind of seen stuff like that from Firaxis before, and now seeing Bitreactor move on and maybe move more towards that action game side is kind of interesting. Matt, uh, do you think this kind of thing, maybe Star Wars, maybe Respawn, maybe an action focus might get you to play something like this? Probably not, but I'm intrigued by the idea of it feeling more action focused. I'm really curious to see how they would do that. I feel like it would have to be a, a fairly unique and original combat system in order to do something like that but i feel like this sort of game is right up mike's alley i mean he loves xcom and i think he likes star wars so this seems like something he'll be excited about so i'm excited for him on that one i think that this has the potential to be a really good game just maybe not necessarily for me but i'm intrigued Seems really cool. So it's cool to see that Respawn and EA have announced this stuff and that Respawn's heavily involved in the new Star Wars IP stuff, even if it's like a game that they're not usually working on, like a strategy game, they're kind of working, collaborating with these other studios. So Respawn might be getting a big Star Wars focus, which I like, like honestly, Titanfall. I mean, I'm not saying these are bad. They're great IPs, but Titanfall, Apex Legends, that kind of stuff. I feel like they're in that vein. They could almost exist in the star Wars universe a little bit, like the the feel of those. And I feel like maybe that's like, it's one of those things where like respawn was always just kind of waiting to be perfectly acquired and perfectly lined up so they could really work on the IP. It's like when JJ Abrams did star Trek. Yeah. And then he got star Wars and he was like, Oh, that's what I really wanted. Everyone's like his star Trek movies are kind of like star Wars. So yeah, I'm almost wondering if that's the respawn, (laughs) the respawn strategy here, even if uh, a little bit bass backwards uh, way of getting there. All right, let's move on to the next story. Blizzard Entertainment. Hey, Matt, didn't we hear about Blizzard Entertainment recently? They were involved in, I, I don't know, I think they bought someone. Something something happened, I, I don't know. Yeah, Blizzard Entertainment announced uh, their first new IP in, a, I would say, a very long time. They're now working on a new survival game. This was revealed in a careers posting on the Blizzard website. I always hate when they're revealed. Like, it's cool, but also... I know we're going to get no information at this point yeah. if they're revealed that way. This happens more and more. This is becoming more common in the industry. It is. It is. Uh, the the quote here, I just kind of thought it was funny. There's a long posting that's, that's, you know, full of, you know, PR jargon, but I like this one. Do you like survival games? Do you want to join a collaborative team of experienced developers at the early stage of a new project in a new world? Dot, dot, dot. And help write the next chapter in Blizzard's story. <laughs> I thought that was a really funny thing to write um, because it really feels like they're like, hey, and by the way, do you want to be part of the rebuild of our completely tarnished brand? Like, do you want to be the part (laughs) of writing the next story in our chapter? Because it's trust me, it's nothing to do with the last chapter. Don't don't we're not talking about that, Um, which is fair because, uh, you know, with the acquisition and everything, I think now might be a good time to get into Blizzard. We've had a huge brain drain. It might be for a lot of reasons, might be the, the right time to get in as like a lead and, and kind of lead the, the new charge here. So kind of interesting. Matt, this sounds like a completely new IP. They mentioned new world, new yeah. characters, new everything. 
any thoughts on where Blizzard could or should go next with this? Do we have any idea from what they've done in the past? You know, what kind of game Blizzard might make? I mean, Blizzard's very different than what it was, I think, in the past. And it's more, this is, I think we're at a point where we're the least able to predict what the Blizzard of the future will be. Yeah. But try. (laughs) Man, survival game can be so many things. Now, I'm going to make a really bold guess here that thematically it's going to be like some lost civilization in the forest or something like that, you know, based around something like that. That's that's just sort of the vibe that I'm getting. They, they had like one image. They had one image on, on the, the hiring page. Mm-hmm. Who knows if it's honestly even related at all. But that's sort of what I'm feeling from this. Could be totally wrong. I don't really care either way. But the idea of a Blizzard survival game is cool. Mostly because the thing about survival games, often they have a little bit of jank to them. Blizzard games historically have been super polished, not necessarily as of late, but historically they've been super polished. And I would like to imagine that Microsoft now with their acquisition would like to restore that reputation for Blizzard. So that has me intrigued. The idea of a really polished survival game, you know, with the sort of, cartoony blizzard art style i think that could be really fun i it's there's real there's literally nothing to go off of but i like survival games i like blizzard games so yeah i'm that's i'm gonna play this whenever it comes out i whether it's good or not i'm at least gonna try it oh same i'm i'm really excited about this i'm so excited to finally be excited about a blizzard game again even yeah though this one's like five years away probably or something crazy i'm still excited uh at the prospect of being like i will probably buy this because the company won't be uh you know part of a harassment lawsuit at the time hopefully so that's fantastic we say we hope we hope now one good thing about survival games though is that i i do think the development cycle is going to be shorter than it would be for like some triple a single player story or some multiplayer game that has to be highly balanced and you got to build these these really complex maps that make sense and are t- t- completely fair. But when you're building a survival game, you're, you're building a sandbox. The players are going to create a lot of the content if, it, if it's going along with what survival games typically are. So I, I do think the development cycle for this could be sh- much shorter than Blizzard games in the past. I just have a couple things to say that you kind of jogged my mind on. First off, you're talking about that It makes me think a little bit about World of Warcraft uh, and, you know, being able to make these big expansive spaces. What I will say before I get into my main point here is I wonder if they're going to like engines could make this take a little bit more time. But I'm wondering if they're going to cross this with maybe the kind of stuff they're doing with Overwatch 2 and some of that engine that they're really trying to push the the new designs of everything. I wonder if maybe they'll borrow the design of that um, because they don't really have any other like big 3d games where they can just like that aren't 2004 <laughs> based uh to take an engine from and use to build like a game like this so i i wonder yeah i i didn't look at the hiring thing but it, and i it's don't arts. even know if it mentioned it's mostly it. art stuff okay so, oh, so actually I, they are looking for some lead uh, developers too so it could be okay yeah so like concept art and like conceptual development stuff mostly yeah. so they're not into like programmers and stuff yet which that'll that'll tell us like if they're hiring for unreal engine or they're hiring for unity or something like that then that would that would tell us that they're going you know that route i don't know what the plan is as far as engine goes but you're right they don't really have anything unless they're using whatever overwatch runs on which i don't actually know i don't know unless they're using that they 
they kind of have to go use something else unless they build something from scratch, which is possible. But yeah, it takes a lot of time. I would love to see them use something like Unreal Engine 5. That would be cool. Um, I, I just want everyone to use Unreal Engine 5. It's uh, it's Unreal. It's incredible. <laughs> but Matt, the coolest thing about this, I don't want to linger on forever and ever and ever. We got to move on. But I just really, really quickly want to say this feels like it perfectly caters to what all of the classic WoW people want in a, in a lot of ways. Not the classic nostalgia WoW people, but the people like maybe you and me who love the original way we played where we made our own stories and we made our own yeah. adventures and we were able to kind of experience this world for the first time and go on adventures. I don't know if this is going to reinvent the wheel or if it's just going to be a cool, fun survival game, but there's a chance that I think this could really kind of rekindle that. They can keep WoW as this thing where it you know, goes off and, all, and you know, all the systems or whatever they're going to do. But I like the idea of maybe going to a new world and being able to, you know, focus more on the survival aspects and the exploring aspects. And I really think Blizzard is well poised to do something like that. And I'm excited for that opportunity. I'm that, That'll be a lot of fun. It sounds really cool. Can't wait to play it on Game Pass someday. Yes, exactly. It'll be on Game Pass too, which is so cool. Uh, and also, uh, last thing I'm going to say, but triple, AAA, I feel like there aren't a lot of AAA studios, big, big, big studios making survival games often. I feel like they're from like early access or there are ones that exist, of course, that, that they're out there. But even those I feel like are kind of like insular communities. And I feel like a Blizzard game backed by Microsoft on Game Pass, it's a survival game and it's like a marquee thing, might really build a huge, you know, mainstream community for that. Like, you know, everyone goes and buys Valheim and then Valheim becomes like a dead game, quote unquote, or I don't know, whatever. It might be cool to see something like this. It's like a big studio behind it. So meh, it might be neat. All right, moving on. Let's talk about uh, what? Starcraft and Warcraft devs? I thought we were just talking about them. No, X, Starcraft and Warcraft devs raised $25 million to make an Unreal Engine 5 RTS. Well, that sounds familiar. This story comes from IGN Frost Giant which was founded by Tim Morton, production director on StarCraft 2, and Tim Campbell, lead campaign designer on WarCraft 3. These are promising accolades, people. Uh, Frozen Throne, specifically, by the way. Was founded in 2020 with the goal of creating an epic real-time strategy game. Its latest round of funding brought in $25 million from the likes of Korean publisher Kakao Games and Riot Games, of course, who makes League of Legends and more. Here's a quote from uh, from them in talking about this latest round of funding. We absolutely want to make the best RTS game possible, one that existing fans and new players alike will be excited to play on day one. The Frost Giant team is fortunate to have the benefit of learning from our experiences on StarCraft and WarCraft, and those experiences suggest some clear new directions to explore, also setting out to make RTS more approachable to players who may have in the past felt intimidated still providing modes that can support world-class esports matt our rts is coming back do you think this could bring it it's possible i think you have to do something a little bit different you have to be more quick to get the action going than you used to with rts but i do think it's possible that, that they can come back is this going to be the game that does it mm, i don't know maybe you would like to think so i'm intrigued by this i'm intrigued by the idea of rts coming back the fact that you have these companies putting money behind an RTS is it gives me a little bit of hope that there are large game companies that care about the genre still. So so that's a good thing. Whether this game is good or not, at least there are people that still care about it. Yeah, it's tough to say without the Blizzard backing and the polish and everything else. This will have that kind of same legacy feeling as the companies and games were, were the games we're talking about these guys coming from but certainly i mean this isn't just some guy who worked on Thro frozen throne this is the lead campaign designer and i would i would make an argument that frozen thrones campaign was the pinnacle of 
world of Warcraft story. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's really cool to see. Uh, now it's not going to be the Warcraft story, but that is promising to see that kind of story accolade in the game. Uh, and then also, of course, production director on StarCraft 2. StarCraft 2 had some really, really great mechanics, uh, obviously middling uh, other aspects, and it didn't really go the distance. But this is exciting. So I look forward to seeing what these guys come up with in the future. Moving on, just an update on Call of Duty on PlayStation. I'm sure a lot of people have seen this, but Bloomberg Jason Schreier uh, came in on Twitter and posted about it. Just saying Activision is committed to releasing at least the next three Call of Duty games on PlayStation even after the Xbox acquisition, according to people familiar with the deal. That's COD 2022, 2023, and Warzone 2, which should come out in 2023. After that, it's hazier, says Schreier. Now, this is interesting. For me, I have to come out and obviously say this is existing deals, right? This isn't really going to be new information. I feel like this is just kind of saying, yeah, we're not going to break them. Yeah, all these games are already being worked yeah. on, obviously. <laughs> Call of Duty 2022 is very rumored to be Modern Warfare 2. Call of Duty 2023, there have already been leaked screenshots like of alpha early production stuff, and that's supposed to be Cold War Black Ops 2. Right. A lot, a lot going on in that title. Yep. And Warzone 2 is... In 2023 sounds like the right time to do that. We'll have had Warzone for a few years at that point. I think it'll be fine to to move on to a new Warzone then. And I am really interested to see what the next Warzone can bring. I don't understand how there's a two. Like why? Not, I can understand how, but I don't. I don't understand why. Like there's no PUBG two. There's no Fortnite two. There's no Apex Legends two. Why are they right. making a two? With the way that the Call of Duty games evolve, with the improvements to the engine. Looking at this, it might end up being built on Modern Warfare 2, probably, if it's coming out in 2023. Right. So I'm sure they're probably being developed simultaneously. Right. Um, and so I think that's why. I don't know. Like, I don't think they're two completely separate engines, but I do think that they're probably highly modified versions. Overhaul kind of thing. Because every sort yeah. of cycle, there are big yeah there every cycle there are fairly large overhauls i believe i could be wrong on that but fairly large overhauls to the engine so i think that's why it would be a two because there are probably some things that they would want to do that they can't actually do in the in the original war zone so that that would be my guess but i think i don't know it's hard it's hard to tell whether these games are going to be on playstation going forward after this i know Phil Spencer said he has a desire to keep them there. What does that really mean? Is is he just saying that for fan service right now? And he knows he can say whatever now, and it's not going to matter in four years anyway. I, I don't know. I I could I can see a world where Call of Duty is no longer on PlayStation, but at that point, Sony will have had enough time also to figure that out and develop something of their own to replace it. So. I imagine Sony's doing that right now. I fi I imagine right now Sony is figuring out what they're going to do when Call of Duty is no longer on PlayStation. Yeah, I agree. Whether that's Killzone or, or other kinds of options. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot to, to go on there. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I also think there'll be a lot of them trying to do some 11th hour deals. They have a couple of years here to try to maybe lobby uh, Phil Spencer and Microsoft and see maybe if they can maybe have to pay some money or maybe have to do some, you know, backroom stuff to make this work. But yeah, I, I don't think Call of Duty is coming off PlayStation without quite a lot of fuss uh, in the background. So it'll be interesting to kind of follow.
how that goes. Maybe we'll see some uh, some of that through the window. All right, moving on. Crytek is pleased to confirm a new Crisis game is in development. Hold on to your computers, folks. Hopefully you got the newest uh, graphics card because uh, things are going to melt. This comes from a press release on Crytek's website accompanied by a short teaser trailer. Quote, right now the game is in the early stages of development, so it will be a while yet, but we wanted to bring you the news at this time as we are so hyped for the future and to let you know that we will be listening to our community. That's good to hear because the community kind of helped rebuild what Crytek's got going on here. Another quote here, I also want to let Hunt Showdown players know that we have some great things planned for you too this year and beyond, so watch this space. Important to mention because Hunt Showdown uh, fans are a big, big part of why Crytek is doing well right now. It's a cool comeback story. You know, Crytek almost went bankrupt in 2016. Hunt Showdown uh, was kind of a pretty decent success for them, brought them back from the brink of bankruptcy. Uh, and now, you know, things are going okay. They have some more money in the bank uh, and they can, you know, make another crisis, which is cool because that's, you know, a big, big part of what they do at Crytek. So it's cool to see it. Uh, will I be playing it? No, I didn't play any other previous Crisis game, uh, probably because my old computers couldn't run Crisis, you know, as the meme was. Uh, but I, I don't know. It just it, it looked kind of generic. But there are people out there who love Crisis and, and who love the graphics. And I, I definitely am excited to see if they can, you know, kind of push the graphics like they did in, in previous times. I don't know if that's still possible in the same ways, but we'll have to see. Matt, is this uh, of any excitement to you? Crisis is not something I've really cared much about, but... I am intrigued by the idea of them releasing another game that pushes the boundaries of what PCs can do. I mean, that was the entire thing. That was what made Crisis 1 so famous was you know, the meme, can't, but can it run Crisis? And I would love to see them try to get back to that. That is, that is what made them. And so I would like to see them embrace that and really go with that, even though I don't know if it's a smart business thing to do, because if people can't run your game, why would they buy the game you know so i don't know if it's a smart thing to do but i would like to see them do it and just push gaming forward visually i think that would be a really cool thing to do i totally agree matt yeah i think that's a great idea and yeah i'm excited to see if that's what they do and if they make something that's less like that and just more of a fun to play game that would be cool too it'd be cool to see if they maybe rebrand things a little bit and do something a little bit different uh, i think people are ready to maybe embrace a new type of crisis uh, or something different so yeah it'll be cool and maybe they'll even be playing that game on the toilet. You know how, Matt? Because the Steam Deck is about to launch. The Steam Deck is launching on February 25th. Really, really incredible. Would have been my grandmother's 101st birthday this year. Wow. Pretty awesome stuff. The Steam, not the, the birthday, but the Steam Deck. I've been waiting for this for so long. December, we were supposed to initially get the first stuff. They decided to push it back a little bit to make sure it is perfect. And we... We appreciate that, Gabe, and we really do. The review embargo also drops on the 25th, so you can you can check it out then. Um, the the way this is going to work is on the 25th, the first people in line who have like you know the the pre order are going to have like about I think about 72 hours to enact that pre order uh, and fully pay for it and get everything you know finished. Uh, and if they don't uh, within the 72 hours, then it will move on to the next okay. people on the on the list. Uh, so my sincere hope is that there are still, even though it's exciting. A great deal of people who pre-ordered just because you can um, and aren't actually going to be buying Steam decks for whatever reason because, you know, it's hard to decide a year out if you're really going to buy something like this and if it's really worth it because I'm getting pretty hyped at this point and I'm starting to think I really want to get a Steam deck <laughs> and I feel like I might be in the position where I might want to buy something like that 
I know, Matt, you're probably scoffing. I was like, I was thinking I might buy a PS5 soon, but like Steam Deck exists. I know they're not the same product category, though, but I'm just like 2023. That's I, I can wait till Spider-Man. It's fine. But yeah, this is pretty exciting. I'm getting pretty hyped here now. And, and it's good that the review embargo is dropping on the 25th. So like most people, uh, well, everyone really, uh, even the first people who did their their pre-orders um, will be able to kind of look at some of the reviews before they decide fully if they're going to to do their order. Matt, as we get ever closer here, I feel like you have gotten more and more on board with the Steam Deck. February 25th, is this starting to shape up to be what you think might be a pretty cool launch? I think so. I think it's going to be a pretty big deal, bigger than we might have thought when it was first announced. It's nice to finally have a release date. I think it's going to sell really well. I'm interested. You know, my next priority is to get an Xbox, whether it's a Series S or Series X, probably the Series S because I don't have a 4K TV. If I weren't doing that, then I would probably really consider a Steam Deck as my next like big purchase. But I'll have to put it on the back burner for now. We'll, we'll revisit that in the future. One thing I do want to say, I don't think it's, you know, it, it's not a coincidence that the Steam Deck is having its launch on the same day as Elden Ring. I think that is intentional and I think it's great timing. So they'll pair up nicely, I believe. Yeah, totally. I agree. I, I wonder how that'll go. Like, I, Do you think Elden Ring is something that's going to be playable on Steam Deck? I, I don't I don't know if that's going to be. Is that supposed to be? I, th- I think I think it will be. That would be cool. That would be really cool. Uh, I, I'm excited to see all the kind of stuff. That, I'm just so excited for the creativity and the testing. I'm excited to see Digital Foundry really get into this thing. I'm excited to see uh, users get into this thing on subreddits and things. I, I'm just excited to see people install Windows on it and see what games can run on it and see how much you can do with it. I think it's a really uniquely, uh, there's a lot of devices like this, a lot of cheap, weird Chinese devices that come out that kind of do this thing. But to see something supported and built and carefully manufactured in this way at a reasonable price point, uh, I think this could really, this could be a new category. I'm very, very excited. So it's great to finally get a date. I'm counting down the days a little bit to, to not to own it, but just to like watch all the cool videos. <laughs> if Elden Ring isn't on Steam Deck at launch, I think it eventually will be. Yeah. I mean, remember Elden Ring is launching on the last generation consoles too. It's going to be on Xbox one and ps4 so i i really don't see why it, it couldn't be on steam deck obviously they have to go through the steps of making it work on steam deck but mm-hmm. i don't see why they wouldn't i i think it would be a great thing god there's so many games that i think would work well on the steam deck my my mind is blown i'm very 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 excited it's also cool like we talked about if we can get game pass and stuff running on this if we can get pc or if they do something with steam eventually down the road this is where we can start seeing like the other 3d platformers coming out for this thing uh you know the like crash and, and other stuff and then you know move over nintendo like someone's coming up your butt a little bit here so Whoa, yeah th- you know i was just thinking about this the other night and it's the last thing i'll say at the end of the show here but i know we're running a little long but i just want to say uh you know when we have all these new you know we have spyro and we have crash and we have banjo and we have all this stuff at, at xbox game studios if they could really nail next gen creative interesting thoughtful 3d platformers Nintendo really doesn't have a lot left going on for them, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah. And I mean, thoughtful. That's important. It can't just be like a good crash game because that's like fun and goofy or like what you were just looking at, like that ca- kangaroo cow, the kangaroo or whatever. Yeah, that that looks fun, but it also looks like goofy and kind of like like not trashy, but you know what I mean? Like kind of pulpy. And I think that if you can like do something like Breath of the Wild or do something like Mario Odyssey, where it kind of like pushes the gameplay a little bit. Man, I just don't, I don't see Nintendo making it out of the next 10, 15 years here. 
Yeah, I don't know. I just think as long as they can sell games with Mario, Legend of Zelda, and Pokemon, I think they're, they'll be fine. I, the, those games are going to sell consoles. So as long as they have those properties and they're going to hold on to them forever, uh, they'll be fine. Totally fair. Well, that is going to be it for today's GG Replay. But before everyone heads out of here, I just want to remind you that if you enjoy what we do here at GG Replay and everything on goodnightgrooves.com, whether that be Southern Fried Grooves, Game Grooves, Podcast, our blog, then please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash goodnightgrooves, where we have three different support tiers and we would appreciate any and all support over there. Also, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider dropping us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would really, really appreciate it. And if you're on another podcast app, that's cool too. If you can somehow download uh, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever, those five-star ratings are super helpful to us in all of the algorithms. Matt, do you have anything else to say before we head out of here on this wonderful 98 GG replay? The answer is always no, it cannot run crisis. I'm telling you, it can't. <laughs> it's true. It's true, especially when there's a GPU shortage. It really, really can't run crisis. Don't burn out your GTX 1080 before it's too late. All right, that is going to be it for today's GG replay, but we'll be back again on Friday with another fantastic episode number 99. You don't want to miss it. Good night, Grooves.